أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآله محمد وعجل فرجه uh, Session number 21 of Stages of Akhlaq in the Quran So we reached this point where we were talking about Zuhd We covered the definition of Zuhd We covered um, this uh, idea of how we can, uh, what the sign of Zuhd is and that is mentioned in our Ahadith and uh, they take inspiration from the Qur'an لِكَيْ لَا تَأْسَوْ عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا بِمَا آتَاكُمْ so that you're not overjoyous or too upset when you gain or lose something so we talked about that, now Ayatollah Jawadi moves on um, based on the book of Awsaf al-Ashraf of Khawaja Nasiruddin al-Tusi um, Ayatollah Jawadi moves on to the three three types of Zuhd he mentions. Um, he'll talk about another categorization of Zuhd as well later. But for now, he, he's going to talk about this categorization that he has, which is number one, sometimes a person will have Zuhd and they will abandon the dunya, but for what purpose? Um, they will abandon it for more dunya or for other aspects of dunya for praise of others and of course he says that this is as low as one can sink um, you usually will sacrifice something for something greater not for something equal or less valuable and so um, that's that's really a loss and I've mentioned this before and I'll mention again that especially with uh, religious studies and things like that anything that has to do with religion if a person what they're gaining through religiosity, through zuhd, through acting all religious, or looking all religious, if what they're gaining and what their intention is of gaining is uh, praise of others, then that's a very big loss because you're wasting your dunya for something that's not giving you akhirah. And if it's riyah, then not only are you losing akhirah, the good stuff of the akhirah, but you're also gaining um, the punishment of the and wrath of Allah so that's not worth it definitely so this first form of it or this first category or type of zuhd if you may is horrible like if you're going to lose akhirah at least get the most out of your dunya why are you going to lose akhirah over losing dunya <laughs> that's dumb <laughs> doesn't make sense yeah so that's the first one the second one he goes on to say is that a person puts aside dunya and of course in parentheses let me say this uh, I'm, I'm saying puts aside or abandons but if you remember last week the definition was more than this an abandonment that is mixed with a lack of interest and inclination and that takes training we talked about this alright so parentheses closed um, the second type is tark of dunya abandoning dunya for uh, Jannah and for not going to Jahannam and so of course he says that this is good but it's not the highest form of it now I, I do want to say here that this is the part where and I always talk about this this is the part where people will say okay so let's see what the highest level is and it's as if this is bad now this is frowned upon that someone has zuhd because they want akhirah no that's what the Quran is telling us yeah, the Quran is telling us كَلَّا بَلْ تُحِبُّونَ الْعَاجِلَةَ وَتَذَرُونَ الْآخِرَةَ that you are 
uh, you're trying to gain, you're trying to gain what that which is near and you have access to right now. The ajila comes from ajala, right? When you're in a hurry, in a rush, you know. But you're leaving aside the akhirah. In other words, aim for the akhirah, that which is going to be everlasting. There's nothing wrong with that. The Quran is saying it like that. So, I personally can't stand it when these things are frowned upon. No, I have. I'm. I am abandoning some of the dunya for Allah so that I can gain akhirah. Wal akhiratu khairun wa abqa. The akhirah is better for you and abqa, more enduring, yeah, and everlasting. But having said that. And that's where, inshallah, we're all at right now. There is also something higher than that. Um, that is abandoning everything other than Allah for Allah. Not for Akhirah, not for Jannah, not for avoiding Jahannam and things like that. And so he says, this is the real zuhd. This is real zuhd. I personally, based on the limited knowledge and limited experience I have in the presence of some of these greats, what I get from all of this is to reach this point of zuhd, that you are going to put aside everything other than Allah, for Allah even, even if it's akhirah, okay? This will only happen if you first put it aside for the akhirah. Right? That's a that's a preliminary step to the to reaching this point. And that's and Allah has to give you this. It's not like, okay, now I heard this lesson. I heard Ayatollah Jawadi say this, or Khawaja Nasiruddin Atusi say this. And so now from now on, I'm going to aim for that. I'm going to set aside everything other than Allah for Allah alone. I don't even care about Akhirah anymore. No, 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 no. In the beginning stages, it goes through this. Once you've done this more and more for Allah, in the sense of, excuse me, done this more and more for the Akhirah, which Allah is part of the Akhirah, and you're doing it because Allah has told you to do it like this, then slowly Allah, inshallah, will shine a light in our hearts. Where slowly we fall more in love with Him and we kind of care less about even other than Allah, even if it's Jannah, even if it's the blessings of Jannah. So this is, I think, very a very key point that sometimes is overlooked. The fact that it starts with, and you know, you've heard that famous hadith that there's three types of ibadah. One is out of fear of Allah, one is out of a love of Jannah, and then one, or fear of Jahannam, love of Jannah, then you have love of Allah. Yeah, that's true. That is the highest level and the pinnacle of it all. But the thing is, can I just jump to that level? It doesn't seem that's the case. Or else the Quran wouldn't emphasize so much on Jahannam and then Jannah as well. Right? And then sprinkle here and there, you know, this idea of um, love of Allah as well, or ridwanun min Allah and satisfaction of Allah. It wouldn't do that. Right? You really don't find this as much. You find Jahannam spoken about a lot, Jannah spoken about a lot. When it comes to love of Allah and ridwanun min Allah and things like that, it's sprinkled here and there. Why? Personally, I feel that it's because if a person does it out of fear of Jahannam and slowly, slowly, becomes confident that Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, Jahannam is not going to be something that is going to happen, inshallah, because if I continue my, the path that I'm on, slowly it becomes more of gaining more Jannah. Slowly Jannah is taken care of, and a person really, because of Allah's blessing on them, becomes more and more inclined towards doing it for Allah Himself. So this is something that I think Allah blesses a person with, not that it can be done right away, now that we know uh, now that we know these in, in this information. 
And so to illustrate this more, this idea of this whole, the different grades of zuhud, he gives an example of a verse or a few, a couple of verses that I, you know, I would read over and I wouldn't really pay attention to, but um, he's, he's, of course, he's Ayatollah Jawadi, so he's, he notices this, or maybe he saw it somewhere else. He says that uh, he says in the beginning, it's all about wal-akhiratu khayrun wa-abqa. That verse that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, yeah, Surah Surah A'la, verse thirteen or seventeen. A'la seventeen. He says, but it reaches a point where, and then he cites another verse of the Quran. Wallahu khayrun wa-abqa. The exact same phrase, but the subject, the predicate is the same. But the subject is changed all of a sudden. It was about Akhirah. But then he says, Wallahu khayrun wa'abqa. Surah Taha, verse 73. So when I saw this man, I was blown away. I just fell in love with this idea of, wow. Usually we're saying, Wal-akhiratu khayrun wa'abqa. Usually we're focusing on the fact that the pleasures of this dunya are going to end, but the pleasures of the Akhirah are, are, are going to be enduring. True? Yeah, but then you see this. This is something that I had never noticed actually. SubhanAllah. So I want to read off of what Khawaja Nasiruddin Tusi says here in his book, Awsaf al-Ashraf. Because he's talking about these different grades of zuhd as well. But I want to just, I just want to translate and just show us that like to what extent it can go to this zuhd, um, these grades when they, you know, continued their paths where it reached what point it reached. So he says, I'm just going to translate as I'm going over the Arabic here. So he says, in reality, the Zahid is the one whose Zuhd is not for them to be saved from the fire or because of the rewards of Jannah. So before this we were talking about Jawadi Amuli. Now we're talking about Khawaja Nasiruddin al Tusi. He says, but rather this person turning themselves away from these things has become a disposition within them. It's, some, it's second nature in them. And it has nothing to do with looking towards something else. And as a result of looking towards something else, I'm turning away from this dunya. Of the agrad dunyawiya and ukhrawiya. Of those, uh, of those uh, goals that I have, that are dunyawi or even ukhrawi. So that's that's the level he's taking it to. He says, this is just something that you have developed within you that uh, that is uh, that is pushing you in that direction. It's not about, oh, I'm interested in other things. No, it's just within you now. Okay. He says, to train the nafs for this, it's going to be hard. So he gives an example. He says, he gives a story here. He says, that there was one of these Zuhad, one of these Zahids and Arifs, I guess, who for 30 years was selling, um, yes, uh, grilled meat. So it was like a Mediterranean joint he had. Laham Meshwi, all right? And Faludaj, which is that, you know, um, I don't know what, what you call that in English. But it's like a, at least in Farsi, it's like a dessert type of thing. Um, anyway, 
He says, but he wouldn't take and taste from this at all. In the 30 years that that was his business, he wasn't eating from it himself. Well, an He was asked, why is this the case? Why don't you have any of it yourself? I mean, usually when you go to these restaurants, what's happening? The people who are working at the restaurants, they're usually, um, you know, they're, they'll just usually eat from the same food of, of the restaurant, right? So he's not eating from the restaurant whenever it's his lunchtime. So he says that my nafs is mushtaq towards these things. Ishtiaq, yeah, we know what that means, right? When you're inclined towards it, when you're drawn towards something, you have ishtiaq towards it. So he says, I wanted to discipline my nafs. Discipline. It's all about discipline. Parentheses, by the way, like these bodybuilders, like they spent 10, 15, 20 years. That discipline like is unprecedented, unmatched. Sometimes I look at them, I'm like, if you had put this into spiritual growth, not that working out is bad, of course. I hope we all know that's not what I'm trying to say here. But that discipline to that extent, 24-7, they're watching out for everything they do. If they would put that into this stuff that we're talking about, whew, they would be flying, like literally flying. Like their ruh would be like flying. <laughs> and maybe like their ruh would be so powerful, their body would fly with them, you know? Just, I'm just, just saying here, just trying to like illustrate how high they would go, at least in my opinion. But it's, it's unfortunate, it's the dunya. So what is this person doing? He is um, putting all of that effort to just add more meat to his bones. What's that meat going to turn into? Well, if you die at the peak of your fitness and being fit, it's just going to be more food for those animals underground. That's, that's all it's going to be. That's what it's going to translate to. So, yeah, being fit is perfectly fine and all of that. But like, yay, I'm not going to spend 20 years on something like this. Unless it's like my halal way of life or live livelihood or whatever. That's a different discussion. I don't even want to talk about that. It's not, whatever. But you get the point. That the discipline, this discipline, if it was used in the right way. This person is putting himself under t torture and torment. Really, they are. They're always either crying in, in the gym and, and shedding tears or sweat or blood or whatever. But really, it's a, it's a waste, really, of the life that Allah has given. So he says, I wanted to discipline it. Alright? By doing what? By getting close to these things. I'm selling them. Right? But not ever tasting them. <laughs> so this Khawaja Nasiruddin Atusi, what he's saying here is that like this is how tough it can get. Right? Someone might say, oh my God, but we're not ready for that. Bro, listen, the, these bodybuilders, 20 years they go, till they reach that point where no one can reach, really no one can reach. Almost any no one can reach. That's how, that's how high one can go with the physical body. Where out of hundreds and hundreds, maybe one or two will reach that point. Yeah? Of being fit that much and putting on that much muscle. If all the genetics and everything are in line, they come and they all come together, then this person like will be one of those gifted ones that can reach that point. Correct? Same thing with the uh, spiritual side of things. As a matter of fact, it's even more sensitive, they say, when it comes to these, the, the spiritual side. So yeah, someone might hear this and say, yeah, it's hard. I'm reading this and I know I'm not there for sure. But at least we know that there are certain, these things, that, 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 that the sky is the limit when it comes to these things. Correct? All right. So he says, I wanted to discipline myself by being close to them, but not tasting and touching them. Yeah. 
So that what happens? So that my nafs never ever, it crosses my nafs's mind that, hey, let's go after some of the shahawat. Yeah? He destroyed his nafs, this person. All right. So then he goes on now. After he, he narrates this story, he says, and so the one who, he gives a nice example actually, and Ayatollah Jawadi also uses the same example. He says, look, a person who has zuhd for the purpose of saving themselves from Jahannam or for the rewards of the Akhirah is like the one who does not eat food. This is an interesting example because we all been there, done that. Does not consume food for a number of days. But for what purpose? Because there's a party coming up and they really want to go all out in the party. Oh, Habibi, like that doesn't... So there's no merit here then. <laughs> you either are going to pig out for three days or you're not going to pig out for three days so you can pig out even more when? Uh, next week when the party comes, you know, comes around. Yeah, so no. He says that's what it's like. Uh, that's a very nice example. I really, that, I really appreciate that example. لِيَتَمَكَّنَ مِنْ كَثْرَةِ الْأَكْلِ فِي ضِيَافَةٍ يَتَوَقَّعُهَا A ziyafat. Okay, uh, a party or a gathering or a feast that they are expecting. Or like a person who sells something, not to get rid of it, but to be able to buy something else with that money and to make, an, uh, make, a, make a profit out of it. Alright, so in the beginning it's going to be وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى But if a person really is continuing that path of وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Inshallah it's supposed to reach a point where it becomes Wallahu Khairun wa Abqa. Alright. So then he goes on. He says that what we need to do, or what the Quran tries to do, in different ways tries to let us know and remind us and shake us and wake us up to this reality that the dunya is just not going to last long. And because it's not going to last long, it's not worth it. And rather, put your eyes on that which is in Allah's hands. Okay. And is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, he puts together an actual argument here based on verses of the Quran. Two premises and a conclusion he draws. Okay. He says, number one, he says, this is the Quran using logical argumentation here for us to try to wake us up. It'll use other methods and methodology it'll have to wake us up, and also this. So I also appreciated this as well because it was pretty cool. It, you have to have a grasp of um, these verses to be able to bring them together and piece them together like this to come up with something of a conclusion of what he, uh, what he gives us here. So he says, premise number one, the Quran says, مَا عِنْدَكُمْ يَنْفَدْ وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ بَاقَ That that which is with Allah, or excuse me, what is with you, is going to perish and that which is with Allah is going to be baqi is going to remain okay that's premise number one he says premise number two baqiyatullah khayrun lakum in kuntum mu'mineen now of course we have you might have hadith that say this is talking about Imam Zaman and all of that but the tafsir of the verse is something else the tatbiq of it might be one of the tatbiqs of it might be uh, Imam Zaman, but there's other things as well. But we're talking about the tafsir of the verse, or what the verse is directly speaking about. Baqiyatullah means that which Allah has preserved for you, kept for you. Okay? 
is better for you if you are mu'min and believers. So premise number two. I'll repeat again. Premise number one, that which you have and is with you is going to perish. That which is with Allah is going to remain. What remains with Allah, khayrun lakum, is better for you. He says we conclude from this that what? That that which ma'indakum uh, yanfad wa The conclusion is ma'indallahi khayrun lakum. That which is with Allah is better for you. I'll repeat the whole thing again. Number one, that which is with Allah will remain. Number two, premise number two, that which is with Allah that remains khayrun lakum is better for you. Conclusion, conclusion. That which is with Allah is better for you. You saw what happened there? It's like A equals B, B equals C. So A equals C. I'll say it one more time. I'm sorry. One more time just to make sure. That which is with Allah will remain. That which remains with Allah is better for you. That which is with Allah is better for you. Conclusion. He says, this is how the Quran is also trying to wake us up. And he says another argument comes out of the belly of this one. And it's the exact flip side of this argument. That what? Number one. Ma'indakum fanin. That which is with you is going to perish. And if that verse said that that which is with Allah and is remaining with Allah is better for you, what does that mean? That means anything that is other than being with Allah is going to perish, is no good. So ma'indakum fan. Ma al-fani sharrun lakum. That which is going to perish is sharr for you. Over there it was khair because it was baqiyatullah. But here because it's not baqiyatullah and it's not that which is with Allah, but it's rather that which is with you. That is which with other than Allah, it's going to be perishing. And so since it's perishing, eventually it's sharrun lakum. So conclusion, that which is with you all is sharr for you, is no good for you. So the two conclusions that came out of these verses and putting them together, number one, what is with Allah is better for you because it's going to stay. And that which is with you, O people, is going to perish as a result, it is sharr for you. And this reminds me of that, you know, those lines in Nahjul Balagha that I've spoken about before. That, hey, Amir al-Mu'minin keeps saying, hey people, your dunya is problematic. Your dunya, that's what, that which is with you, that, the way that you look at the dunya. Dunya kum azhad, dunya kum ahwan. Your dunya, your dunya. Hey, I thought the dunya belonged to everybody. What do you mean our dunya, your dunya? It's all our dunya, right? Imam Ali, you're part of this. Why are you saying it? Your dunya, you're taking yourself out of this. Because Imam Ali says, no, no, no. I don't have that kind of dunya that you all have. That dunya is the dunya that's in the kum, that's with you. And because it's going to perish, it's not worth anything. And so it's worth less than the sneeze of a goat and whatever else he says. But for me, the dunya that I have is a dunya that is going to be the akhirah. It's going to be moving towards the akhirah. And that's what is with Allah. So it's going to be khayrun. It's going to be better. Alright. So that is an example he says of khayr. Now, one thing that he explains here though. What does khayr mean in Arabic? Better. Don't, don't, be, don't be afraid. He's like, he's going to say something. He's going to say it's wrong. <laughs> Khair means better. Correct? Khairun means better. What does that mean? That when you compare two things, one is better, that means the other one is good. Correct? He says, no. 
khair sometimes mean that the opposite of it is not good at all. Okay? So he said he just he just opens a parenthesis here, right? And he's, he reminds all of us that if this dunya is mata'ul ghurur, as the dun, as the Quran says, wamal hayatu dunya illa mata'ul ghurur, that it is that that which is always fooling people and people are falling for, okay? There's nothing real about it, so to speak. It's a mirage, so to speak. By the time you get to it, it's gone. If that's the case, then is there any good in this? The only good you can get out of it is if you can secure some akhirah with it. Okay? So, here when it says khair, better, doesn't mean that there's good on the other side. This is, they call it khair ta'yiniyah. Right? Not tafdiliyah. Tafdil, right? When you say something is afdal, it means it's better. That means there's some good in this, but there's more good in the other one. But when you say it's ta'yini, that means it's only exclusively here. That means there's no good on the other side. So here, when we're translating it as khayrun, it means the opposite on the other side is shar. Not good, but not better. That's something, that's just a parenthesis also, that he opens up. So like, he's just taking that machine gun and just like, just putting holes in this whole idea of, oh, the dunya is 10% good, 20% good. No, it's more. It's 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 not any good at all unless the akhirah comes with it and the good of the akhirah rubs off on it. Is this working? Okay. All right. Let's move on now. It says here he moves on, talks about once he starts, uh, you know, bringing down the dunya again. He starts talking about eternal life. I'm going to read off of this now. Because what he, the point he wants to drive home here is that, look, we have two sides to us, two aspects to us. It's the physical side of us, and then we have that ruh of us, okay? The ruh of us has the potential for eternity and infinity. And he says we have to learn about that, be aware of that. And once we're aware of that, we connect it to something eternal, right? So that... Before this, he was talking about how the dunya doesn't going to get the job done. Now he moves into how the ruh is and how this ruh who has this potential has to be connected to eternity and infinity. And so it's kind of like, and, and automatically once that happens, zuhd will come with it. Okay, so for example, for example, like, you know, these uh, knockoff uh, uh, perfumes, right? Where, you know, it, it smells the same, but by when you spray it, by the time those particles reach you, the smell and scent of it is lost, right? Those fake ones. You know what I'm talking about? Or you guys are in America, you don't have that. You don't have you haven't worried about that, right? These are third world problems, I guess. Yeah? So yeah, growing up, this is uh, something that, you know, back home uh, we would struggle with. Trying to figure out that if we're gonna buy one of these, like I'd rather pay like twenty bucks for something and get it right, versus having to go back again and again. For, and, and buy that $2 cologne instead but having to buy it 10 times, right? And like empty the bottle every time on myself. So yeah, some of those, yeah, so this is a this is a concept, just letting you know um, that yeah, it's out there. And so yeah, these are the struggles that yeah, some people have to deal with. And so when you know it's not gonna last that long and there's some good stuff out there that will last long, automatically you are gonna be Zahid in regards to this, right? Because you're like, there is more out there 
the potential is there, you link, you want to connect yourself to that automatically when you're after that, you have that distaste for this. So he, that's what he wants to do now. He wants to remind us of this. So I want to read off of it and translate a little bit as I go because I like the, the way he's worded things here. I don't want to miss anything that he says. So he says that insan seeks eternal life. And this wish and desire of his or hers is justified. It's haq, he says. It's truth. It's, it's, it's accurate. It's good. There's nothing wrong with it. Because insan is not something that is going to die. Insan murdani nist. Insan murdani nist. He or she is alive and if he or she is able to shed the hijab of the body, he or she will become even livelier and more alive. And will also want to partake in the sa'ada and the felicity of those who came before them. And those who will come in the future. Think about that. Wow. Look at how far he's going. He's like, this is how much of an appetite we have as insan Allah has put in us. We are not even going to be content with just our own felicity. You find out about the others that came before you, the ones who are going to come after you. I want to be... Uh, Whatever I want the best of whatever you've given anybody. Oh Allah, we have this in Dua Kumil as well, like towards the end of Dua Kumil. I want the best share. I want to be one of the chosen ones when it comes to the share that you give to people. He says, and this desire is also haq that insan has. And it's, it's mumkin as well, possible. It's not far-fetched. Not, let's not say far-fetched, but it's not impossible. It's, it's attainable. But if this person has that in mind and strives to get in the way of the death of the body, okay, and tries to, in the natural world, extend his or her life for eternity, it will not have any benefit and it is a batil path that one, one can uh, undertake. So it's all about the body versus the soul. And then he, he talks about, he goes off on this idea of how um, in the past, um, in these uh, formalities and the pleasantries that people of Iran would exchange with each other on uh, Nowruz Day, they would say, Hazar sal bimani, may you live for a thousand years. He says, this made its way to even the Arabic culture, Arab culture. Aish alfa nairuz. May you live a thousand nuruzes. Um, so he, he kind of goes off on that. But then he continues. Uh, so I want to continue translating from here again. And then inshallah we'll wrap up. He says, look, the average uh, age of people is something between 60 to 70 years, he says. Now, I mean, whatever. If someone says, no, no, it's 100 years. Okay, fine, 100 years. <laughs> Who cares? I remember one time, I, I, I think I said something about this. Someone was like, no, Mulana, like it's more than that or less than that. I was like, Habib, like, I don't care. Okay, 200 years. You, you, is that you're fine with 200 years? Like that's beyond, right now the point we're trying to make is something else here. But let's just say, what he, let's just take what he's saying. 60 to 7 years, he says, if that's the average, okay. Pre-COVID, of course. Then he says, مَا بَيْنَ السِّتِينَ إِلَى السَّبْعِينَ مُعْتَرَكُ الْمَنَايَا 
He says we have this hadith that between 60 and 70 is the place is the battleground of death. Okay, so that's where death is trying to is trying to uh, you know win and struggle and win this struggle over the body. Okay. And then he says the Prophet ﷺ also they died at 63. So he says what our duty, our job, our responsibility is in this small little amount of time that Allah has given us, this short lifespan that we have is to try to cleanse ourselves of the rust and the dust of connection with other than Allah. And this is what this is like this is um this is what I keep talking about here. Look, he he says the lifespan is a time that you're supposed to accomplish this. So it's not going to happen over life. We have to understand this. What we're after is, when I'm 60, I'm not running after sneakers anymore. When I'm 60, I'm not running after other things. Even if they're halal, like there are more things to worry about. So we need to grow. We can't be children at the age of 60. That's what it, I, I like what he says here. It will take time. So when I'm, when I'm in my 20s and I'm like ultra spiritual and stuff, that's awesome. But right now you got nothing to worry about in life. Let's wait till your 30s. Let's wait till your 40s. Let's wait, wait, let's wait till you have a family. Let's wait till you have certain, certain things you got to struggle with. Then, that's when the growth is happening. But yeah, you're on the right path. Alhamdulillah, when you're 20s, when, you're, when you are ultra spiritual. Just don't expect to get results all the way, like super fast. That, that's for very exceptional people. It takes a lifetime. But look, that's what the lifetime is for. That is where we have this opportunity to blow off this dust of uh, connection to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't even say dunya. Other than Allah so that the light of Allah uh, uh, radiates within our hearts. Why? Because physical work, the stuff that we do with our body, all of that, this is all mahdud, and it's all restricted, it's all, uh, what's the word for mahdud, I forgot. It's limited, but the value of the work of the heart, which goes back to having wilaya of Allah and Bara'a from the enemies of Allah and proper ma'rifah is what uh, brings that about that is going to be eternal, that's going to be endless and unlimited right? why? because the heart, the soul these are immaterial entities and the immaterial are, is where the immaterial is where you find unlimitedness you will find no restrictions and the sky is the limit. And so if that's the case, let, that is what is to connect to Allah. And if, we, if that's the case, we have to understand that, look, we're not going to try our best to live here for a thousand years. Yes, we have, a, we have a duty to survive and stay healthy as much as we can, help ourselves, help our others, help others as well. All of that is there. But this idea of let me live here forever, as long as that's in the picture, the zuhd won't come. Once this comes, the zuhd, I would say, automatically come just like that perfume that doesn't even work. Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.